Welcome to Retire Stronger, where we help you accumulate wealth, fuel your retirement, and leave a legacy behind for your family. Let's get started. Hey ladies, I'm Devorah Ascot Black, the principal partner of ISAA Retire Stronger. And today we're going to be talking about leveling up and how to get the most out of your job and in corporate America. Many people go to work every single day and feel like they never get what they deserve on their jobs. They don't seem to get the recognition they deserve, the pay they deserve, or even for the years of service that they've been there, they're overlooked. Enough is enough. Those opportunities can eventually mess their retirement completely up, their goals and their dreams. Facts show that today women are making up 46.8% of the labor force. However, the assets are lagging behind those that are men. While women are inching upward in the workplace, they are still earning roughly 80% less than what men are earning in the workplace when it comes down to income. Over the course of women careers, she has been the caregiver. She possibly have gone through a divorce. She's been overlooked for the many job opportunities that have come across her on her job. She had to pass them up due to raising her children. She did not learn much about the best decisions that would probably be best for her when it came down to her retirement. Today, we're going to talk frankly about what these have been, what this has come across when it came down to our guest, Beverly Fisher Penn. She's a friend of mine and she's seen a lot of these changes over the 40 years that she has been in the career world. Let's see how she navigated the workforce. Beverly Fisher Penn is a native of Lexington, Kentucky, but have spent large part of her life here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina due to RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company. She got a formal education in law enforcement, but you will learn shortly that she never used that degree in her career. She worked for R.J. Reynolds for 25 years and started out as a frontline supervisor at the age of 21. After being downsized and a city grant opportunity, she was able to switch her careers and move from factory to an entry-level admin position in the medical field. Since then, Beverly has moved her way up the ladder at our local hospital. Today, she's an access center manager for primary care internal medicine, and ancillary teams. She has worked in the medical field for now more than 16 years. Last week, Beverly just celebrated her 30th year anniversary with the love of her life, Cedric. Together, they have four children and seven grandchildren. Welcome to Retire Stronger. <laughs> so talk to me about what do you feel that your education had to do with where you are today? So actually, my education allowed me to enter into the uh, workforce at R.J. Reynolds as a front office supervisor. Okay. That's about the extent of what my education did for me. It got me <laughs> in the door. <laughs> yes. So law enforcement, it's, it was, it was the, what you went to school for, yes. but they gave you an opportunity to be a supervisor because yes. of that education, yes. but you never practiced being in law enforcement. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. No, no. Oh my goodness, that's too funny. So let's talk about this journey of 40 years. You know, a lot of us younger people, and I, I, I don't even know if they will call me the younger person today. I would, you know, both of us sitting up here, you know, with gray hair and I hear it. But anyway, but a lot of the younger people today can learn a lot from us being in the workforce. I'm as an entrepreneur, you're working in the workforce and so forth. What do you think the journey has been like 
over the 40 years, you've seen many changes, you know. You worked at R.J. Reynolds, you say. You worked in the medical field. Talk about that journey, you know. Take us back those years of working in the workforce. When you started in, in, in Reynolds, what did that look like to you? How hard was it getting into that okay. field? So it wasn't hard getting in the field because I've noticed throughout my career that there have been people in my pathway yeah. who have allowed doors to open for me. And uh -huh. I decided to step through those doors. So with RJ Reynolds, I was actually the first African-American female frontline supervisor. Oh. So it was a very difficult part of the journey. Uh -huh. But I think because of my background in law enforcement, so maybe it did a little bit more for me. I was tough enough to work through it. There were days that I would go home and cry, mm. but for the most part, they did not see the emotion. What they saw was a woman who had a job, needed a job, and was going to do what it took to keep it. Interesting. So um, the part for R.J. Reynolds actually is what opened the door for me to transition to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I was working for a processing plant there that in the middle of the Burley Belt shut down. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I had to make a decision. Do I stay here and wonder what I'm going to do beyond trying to raise two children? And I decided to come on to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So the interesting part about it is we talk about, you know, like the women movement and all these types of things that go on in the workplaces and what they have had to go through and so forth. What was the makeup back then, if you can recall, of how many, you said you were the first woman, mm -hmm. but how long did it take before you start seeing more women migrate into what you were doing? Okay. Uh, did you know, did you see that, were you a part of helping more women get into that field? So actually what happened is the young man who gave me the uh, chance for the opportunity, who introduced me to the practice manager, he actually had another friend who about two years later, she came on board. Mm. Uh, so the, her transition was easier than mine. I, yeah. I have to say that the, the way was paved um, for me to, for, for other African-American females to venture in. By the time I arrived in Winston-Salem, she actually came before I did. Mm -hmm. She took a, a, um, voluntary assignment and then decided to stay. Yeah. So by the time I came to Winston-Salem, the platform looked totally different. There were other African-American female uh -huh. supervisors, not many, but yeah. there were others. And so the groundbreaking part for me was in Kentucky, like I say, right in the middle of the Burley Belt. Um, gotcha. Granddaddy was a tobacco farmer and all of that, but it was not something that I thought that I would venture off into. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you started seeing some changes even then. Yes. And did you notice that that was a change or did you later on in life go back and start thinking about, my God. You know, that was a big change for me. Yeah. You know, I, I was part of a, a big movement when yeah. that happened to me. Or did you even know then I may, you know, I'm, I'm a game breaker. I'm a, I'm a game changer here. So I didn't necessarily know that I was a game changer. I think I realized it later on after I got to Winston-Salem. Uh -huh. It was very, very hard for me to think about anything other than the way that I was being challenged yeah. by the men who were in the workforce feeling wow. that I had taken a job from another Caucasian man. Uh, there were very, very, there were many obstacles that I had to overcome. That's why I said some days I'd go home and cry, but what they saw on my face at work was I'm going to do it like y'all doing it. Oh man, <laughs> now, that's pretty interesting, isn't it guys? How about that? So, and so the journey continued. Mm -hmm. And so as you came on here to Winston Salem, did the job get harder or easier? So initially the job was easier, 
because I was still in a practice manager. I mean, excuse me, in a front frontline supervisor job. Yes. So, um, and I have to take responsibility for some of the things that I did, real, running wild, 21 years old, making this uh, good money and wilding out and doing all those various things. So when a the, when the um, downsizing came, guess what? I was one of the first people to go. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. so mistake number one. Yeah, there you go. Let's uh, talk about mistake number one. <laughs> number one. Yeah, that was Making mistake number money. one. Making good money. Yes. Okay. You yes. felt like wilding out yeah. and you know, not taking the job so seriously. Exactly. Okay. So you're starting to realize, okay, maybe, you know, if I could do it all over again, yes. I might have, you know, really taken, you know, taking my job a little bit more seriously, Absolutely. I might not have been one of the people who got downsized. Absolutely. That's okay. my opinion. That's your yes. opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then moving right along, got downsized. Yes, I got downsized. So how did you take that? How did you take downsizing and use that to your advantage in making the next step in your life? Okay. Okay. So I was actually at home being paid because I had enough uh, tenure to be able to get a severance. All right. And at the end of the severance, I was informed that they were calling people back to work. And it just so happened that because of the way that I was hired, uh -huh. I met the criteria to be called back. Okay. But not called back as a frontline supervisor. Ooh. Called back as an hourly worker. So what does that mean? Very hard labor. Oh, okay. uh, yes, ma'am. I was uh, at one time working out in storage sheds. Uh -huh. When it was hot, it was hot. When it was cold, it was cold. Um, I'm <laughs> That's right. Yourself. That's exactly okay. right. <laughs> okay. So went through that transition and finally wound up on a third shift job. Uh, in the inside this time, it wasn't quite as bad. It was dusty, dirty, not at all what I was used to. Okay. okay. So I, I'm learning as I'm going. Uh, okay. You, okay. You, the choices you make today end up being the result of the life you're living now. Okay. And sometimes two steps forward can sometimes mean exactly you have right. to take two steps back. That's exactly okay. right. So, All right. So not only did the conditions change, my pay also decreased by 37%. Okay. Whoa. So uh, when I, so I, I called back and went back and then worked probably about 10 more years on a third shift job, driving a floor lift at this point. And that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, driving a forklift and finally the opportunity came and I was, I have to say, uh, you know, I'm a believer and I really believe that God guided my steps all the way, even oh, yes. from the Lexington part. Okay. So, okay. uh, went to, um, uh, the, the opportunity came to voluntarily leave the company again with the severance okay. that would pay me for about a year. And I thought, okay, everybody thought I was crazy. She has lost her mind. Okay. Because yeah, I was actually in a position now to go to a daytime job driving a forklift. I was like, daytime job, I don't want to drive a forklift. Okay. Let's do something else. So I went home. I traveled for about two months and then discovered an opportunity that the city was offering through a grant to take a uh, an office technology course. Okay. Opportunity not. Yeah. And okay. I took it. And yeah. you took Grand it. Grand for it. That's two opportunities. that Well, actually three, maybe four that knocked and I took that opportunity. Okay. So at that point, I went uh, went into classes. It was five days a week, uh, uh, eight hours a day. It was no, nothing to play with. Okay. And did that for three months. While I was in the training, they were teaching us resume building and interviewing skills and all of those various things. And as a result of that, we interviewed for a company, those of us who were in the class. And before the class ended, before yeah. the term of the class, I was actually offered a job at a company that processed medical records okay. for a law firm. That's oh. how I got the medical piece. Okay. Okay. So that's the game changer then. That, that's exactly Another right. Another time. We exactly got a game right. changer. Okay. That's right. So I uh, went on to work for that company, got some experience in that. And then I could see in my mind's eye that this company was about to 
go down. Okay. And so I thought, well, let me find something else. And again, networking has been a major part of my of my career. Okay. Networking with people who know. So a young lady told me about an opportunity to work on the front desk uh, at the institution where I'm working, one of the hardest departments to work in. Okay. I've actually been told if you can work here, you, you can, can work, work anywhere in the institution. Okay. All okay. Right. So took that job, worked that, went from uh, that um, clinic to another clinic to another clinic. And then at the third clinic, uh, the institution was going to an electronic medical records Got platform. It. Was actually granted a job to be able to work as a credential trainer for that platform. Yeah. Took that job and then realized, okay, I'm ready to move on. Uh-huh. From there, I went to apply for a front office supervisor job in a clinic. And as a result of me having trained uh-huh. in the system, yes. the gentleman who was interviewing, who was about to close out the interviews, he realized that I had trained him three weeks before. So guess what? Walked away with the job. <laughs> <laughs> so you kept on you kept on connecting the dots. Yes. Networking got you a lot of places. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you also was not afraid to be humble. That's exactly because right. Because you realize sometimes you have to step backwards to get ahead. That's exactly okay, right. Okay. So we realized that even in that situation that you were already ahead starting out the gate at 21 years old yes. at Reynolds. Yes. But some of the crazy stuff that you used to do yes. also knocked you back one time yes. and you realize, okay, well, okay, the era of our ways. Yes. Got to deal with the consequences. Got to deal with the consequences. That's right. Okay. But you knew you had to always keep a job. Yep. You like to make good money. Yep. But... You kept on moving yes, and you figured did. it out. Yes. Okay. So those are some of the things that you've learned a lot about in working. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about is what are you most proud of in the 40 years that you have been working so far? Actually, the fact that I came from an administrative job on the front desk, entry level, did not have the credentials or the requirements that are needed to progress up to the place where I am now. And that is working as a primary care access center manager. That's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And then what did you wish you would have accomplished that you think you missed? What I wish I would have accomplished is to have had my mind around financial stability in my later years. Mm-hmm. One of the mistakes that I made was cashing in my retirement. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Again, young, thinking about money. You know what I'm saying? And what money could do for me. And what money didn't do for me was to prepare me for I am for where I am now. 64 oh. years old yeah. and will have to work at least three more years. Okay. When I see people in my age group, people I grew up with return from jobs, whether they go to another or not, it doesn't matter. The fact that I don't have the option financially to just be able to say I'm done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Were you ever intimidated amongst your peers along the way? The only intimidation that I that I experienced was on the frontline supervisor job in a factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's probably humorous to say, but I think in my career in medical, I probably intimidated a few folk. <laughs> because, because of your broad personality absolutely i use my voice if i didn't see that it was correct even if i i, I would say it but uh one of the things I, I taught my children is there's a right way to say anything to anybody step back breathe take the opportunity to speak it know step when to say breathe. it when not to say it yeah i love that <laughs> step back breathe yes that's a whole yes <laughs> i love that <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. It, it, it goes a long way yes. if you would just take a moment. Yes. But when you get that moment, yes. then I'm you need say, to know when it counts, go. right? That's so I right. think I've been intimidating to some people just simply because I use my voice. So it'll be a little bit more opposite on your side. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever use mentors in your work life? Absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was really surprised at the mentor who accepted me as the mentee. I became somewhat discouraged because I was applying for administrative leadership jobs and was not getting them. The younger crowd would come in with their degrees and their experience and top me over for the job. And so I reached out to her one day and I asked her, what is it that I can do? She said, you've already pinpointed out that they're younger, that they have the educational requirements. So what you're going to have to do is continue to keep your head low and be the star shining example in the uh, uh, the positions that you're in. And okay. she was absolutely right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you guys kind of stayed tight all yes, along as she are. kept on watching you mm-hmm. and helping you grow mm-hmm. and connecting dots for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mentors are very, very important absolutely. in the work. And whether you are in corporate America or you're entrepreneur, mentors are just absolutely important. Absolutely. I would say so. Do you feel like all along during this journey of yours that you have been treated fairly as a woman? Sometimes not necessarily. Um, I had a situation where I realized that there was money on the table that should have been granted to me mm-hmm. that was not. Mm-hmm. And when I found out about it, I spoke up about it. it took me a few months to get that situation turned around. But as a result of me using my voice, mm-hmm. then I was able to get the money that had been left on the table. So I think the lesson in that you learned is speak up. Yes, indeed. Okay. Investigate first. Okay. Because if I hadn't have done the research to find out what does this mean where I'm sitting in my salary range Mm -hmm. and found out that it meant that I was pretty much sitting at the bottom. Mm -hmm. The degree had nothing to do with it because I was doing the job Mm -hmm. or the lack of the degree. And uh, so investigating and then finding the right person to have the conversation with and then using my voice to say, we've got to turn this around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's a right way to handle things, Absolutely. but you don't have to sit on it. That's exactly right. That's right. That's a proper way to handle That's things. That's exactly right. And, and we can't be angry and aggressive because we're already labeled as that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there's a way to speak to people That's to right. get what you need. And you may have to knock on that door like 20 times, but I'm willing to do that. Right. Because you deserve to get what you're worth. Absolutely. I get you. Absolutely. I get you. All right. How about race? How has this played in your career journey? So I have to say that I can't, other than the Reynolds experience, (laughs) I've been the only woman in this man world. uh, I I have to say that it really has not played a big part in my face that I can see because a lot of the people who I network with were also of the same race. They were African-Americans as well and moving up the chain. Mm-hmm. We may have had to take some things that was like, whatever, you know what I mean? But as far as it hindering me, I don't think it has. Okay. As I said, again, I'm a professional in, in, in a role that required degrees that I don't have. And I'm still sitting here. I'm still sitting here. So, yeah. 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 And, and so I guess that same answer would be for gender. Absolutely. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. And so. And being bullied in the workplace, I guess with your personality, <laughs> that can't even happen. Okay, all right. No, they tried it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they yeah. probably didn't survive yeah, that No, one. they didn't. <laughs> I'm well respected by those who tried it. 
All right. And being financially prepared, you did bring this up. Mm -hmm. And as we both know, this is a very, very hot button right now in our industry and so forth. And you have brought that up to my attention Mm -hmm. and so much. Let's talk a little bit about why you feel that financial preparedness has been your weakest moment okay. and why you feel now at the age you are at that you are not so, as, you know, where you want to be. Where do you feel like that was while well, you shortchanged yourself? Why did you empty out your 401k in your life and what made you have to start probably a little bit more over okay. later on in life. Do you mind sharing that? No, if not, no, no. we can not pull at all. Off. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay. I think it had to do with the atmosphere that I was raised in. I'm okay. a project girl. And um, see, my mother struggled and go through all that she went through. And that's a whole nother long story. She mm-hmm. was a, a single woman who lost her husband at the age of 25. And raising us and doing the best that she could, it was like when I saw this money, let's do this. Let's go ahead and get this. And my brother, who is a surgeon, he actually advised, you may want to borrow against it rather than taking out, but I didn't want to hear that. Mm. So just took the money and ran. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a situation where thank you for what you're doing for me to help me to get on my feet, to be able to step out the door in about three years. But uh, I didn't really start looking at what that looked like until I transitioned over into medical. Mm. Uh, my 401k is not bad, mm-hmm. but it could be a heck of a lot better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so as I look back, and it has been a horrible regret for me, but I'm getting over it. Yeah, you can't yeah. live in regret. You know what I mean? That's right. So I can see a better opportunity thanks to you. And then other things that I did to turn the situation around before we even had the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think people can be embarrassed yeah. about those kinds of situations. Right. Uh, but I, I, I think I was, I've just been more regretful about it, but yeah. I'm feeling better about it now. Right. Yeah. Well, what I'm so proud of you about is you, you don't have time to waste with trying to be in such a pity party. I don't. You know, right now in your age, you know, the older you get, pity parties don't, you know, don't, don't change the picture. That's right. You know, you're going to have to still do something. That's right. Do you something. Know, the time That's keeps right. on, you know, you know, going on. And That's so right. I'm so proud of you that you're doing something. Thank you. You know, and, and you can, you know, change the picture, yeah. Yeah. you know, but sitting there and saying, I don't have any more time and I can't do anything. is going to leave you still in the same position. That's exactly right. But I, um, but that's interesting that you start recognizing mm-hmm. that things are not the way you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exciting that you're you're wanting to get your your, your retirement in place and start yeah. changing the picture. Yeah. And that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, any other mistakes that you feel like that has happened in the 40 years of your life? How about how you um, raised your children? Do you feel like you could have done anything different when it came down to your career versus being a mom? You know, I have to say that I think we did it well. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, I have two biological children and two of my sons, my husband's children that I adopted at the ages of six and nine. And I tell you, every one of them is doing wonderful with their life. Uh, my oldest daughter is an HR director uh, for a hospital in New Orleans. Okay. My baby girl just got a wonderful job at R.J. Reynolds. Uh-huh. Uh, my son, one for, works for an institution and one works for banking. And they're mm. all very solid, doing wonderful things with their lives. So mm. even through the mistakes, I'm sure we made, of course, we're perfect parents, but we've done a good job with our kids. 
Yes, yes. Yes. So that's, you know, that speaks a lot for us as moms and as parents and so forth is no matter what we do, they're watching us. They are. Okay. And we, a lot of decisions we make a lot of things that we do, it really is in the name of being a parent yep. and we don't have but one chance to do it. Yep. And there's no book out here to tell us how to do it yep. and so forth. And we've made sacrifices and I don't necessarily call them mistakes. I call it, you know, we're doing the best we can with what, what we, we know. Got. That's exactly what you right. Say? That's right. With what we got. With what we got. <laughs> and then we just keep on keeping That's on, right. right? That's right. And so I'm very happy for you because your kids honor you as a mother they and do. so forth. And you've mm-hmm. been doing well. And I'm so proud of you for that. Now, the last question you know I'm going to ask you is, what would you tell your younger self based on what you know today about where you are now? Overall, from a career perspective. Listen to the wisdom of older people. Mm. Okay. Don't have an attitude when someone gives you a criticism, as long as it's constructive. Realize we don't know it all because mm-hmm. we don't. And somebody can help you. We Somebody can still help me, of course. Yes. And, and, and so that would be it. Listen to the wisdom of the older generation. Well, you heard it from Beverly Fisher Penn. <laughs> She's one of my elder friends who I love and adore. She's been in my life and she has been so kind to me. We are so happy that you've decided to come and share your wisdom with us because we can learn from us all. We yes. can learn from everybody. Yes. It's not about always how much money you make to make somebody wise. Yes. It's also the journey that you've gone on that we can also learn from. Yes. And so I hope that you have learned something from my dear friend, Beverly Fisher Penn today. And I want you guys to listen to the takeaway that I think that you might want to jot down from us today. One. Opportunity knock, you might want to open that door. Two, sometimes personal situations can affect the choices you make, the good or the bad. Three, communications on your job can be very important. Patience, temperance. Number four, sometimes you have to take two steps back to get two steps ahead. Five, take courses so you can get ahead in your career in your life. Six, be willing to start from the bottom positions to get where you really want to go. It can take you a lot of ways. Seven, mentors can be a very important person in your life. Eight, learn about your finances early so you don't shortchange your future. Nine, speak up so when you feel something is not right in your life, you may be able to make a big change financially in your future. Ten, Take your career seriously. That's my 10 little points for me. And I want to thank you again. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they? Because we know one thing about you. One thing that she is, a, everybody in this city know Beverly. And I want to give you a little leave behind because she's a, she's my paparazzi uh, person. I don't know if you know about that. I had her on my um, list for my Christmas list. I don't know if I, uh, you guys remember that, but she has some of the coolest jewelry and everything. But if you ever want to catch up with her, you can find her on Facebook. Just put her name in there and check her out. And she has some of the coolest jewelry you ever want to find. Is that right? That's exactly right. Oh, my God. Look at her <laughs> earrings and everything. She's my friend, and she's a wonderful person to get to know. Check her out on Facebook, yeah. and she'd be wonder- she'd be she'd love to hook you up with some of that paparazzi. But before I leave today, let me leave you with my Rainmaker Tip of the Week. 
The Rainmaker tip of the week is everything now is for the future. Everything you need to know now and everything that you do now is for your future. Next week, we'll have my dear friend, Shayla Herndon Edmonds, holistic wellness champion and diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist. She's going to be talking to you about mindfulness and money and how it all interconnects. Y'all, this is going to be very deep and very interesting. She's interesting and she's amazing. This will be a very, very interesting show. We'll discuss how to let go of your past, create your new, discuss mental, uh, mental health, finances, and more. Until then, I'll see you next week. 